Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Good evening, everyone. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette, and this is TS Radio Network, and we are back again with more news on the guardianship front. Joining me as co-host, of course, is Kaz Gave. Say hello, Kaz. Hello, everyone. <laughs> You're running a little slow there, girlfriend. Uh, can you with hear me? Everything is... What? Can you <laughs> yeah, hear me this Everything time? is... Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> okay. But, uh, okay. But everything has been going wild this week. I got people coming out of the woodwork... Um, we're probably going to pick up and start doing two shows a week on guardianship just to get everybody in, um, at least for a while. I'm already doing six nights a week radio, and I guess seven isn't going to hurt anything. So uh, if we can get the word out and things are blowing up, and of course uh, the Britney Spears case has kind of opened the door on a lot of this, and um Apparently, she's going to be able to speak at another hearing coming up very soon, so we'll see how that goes. She hasn't been allowed to speak before this. I think that's just absolutely disgusting, but anyway, um, and I want to make an announcement. We had Liz Rizzo on here last week uh, about Rusty Warren, and Rusty Warren, for many of you may remember her, I do. She was a comic back in the 60s and 70s. And her her flag routine was one called Knockers Up. Somebody's on speaker. Please take it off. <laughs> and um, uh, But anyway, um, she got snagged in a guardianship. And Liz, her partner for 37 years, tried to get her out of it. And we did the interview. I got threatened with a lawsuit. Yeah, boy, that scared me. Anyway. Um, and Rusty passed away two days ago. She was 91, and um, Liz didn't get to see her before she went. And it's just, this is the sad state of affair with these things. Um, if there is people who are close to the targeted victim, they're isolated from them. They can't see them. They can't talk to them. And if any of you saw that movie, I Care A Lot, that was a fictionalized account of several different cases. But it is what happens. And yes. the, the, the just jumping out there and snagging somebody who has a house somebody wants or has assets, other assets that they want, and there is no protection from these predators. There is absolutely no protection. This 
racketeering runs across the country, and in fact, we have found it runs globally. Uh, ICOR sells franchises on setting up conservatorships and guardianships, promising fast, easy, consistent money. I guess if you're a thief, it works out really good. And um, and, I, and I've asked all these years, Kaz, I've asked all these years. Everybody says, well, not all guardians are bad. Bring me one that isn't. They we'll haven't shown up yet. Or something. No, yeah. I haven't got that name yet. And, uh-uh. um, and how many hundreds of these shows have we done? And then other cases we've dealt with that we didn't do interviews on. But it just, mm-hmm. my Lord, it, I don't know what to say. And what makes me angry is our state and federal legislators sit there on their duffs. They know full well what is going on, and they refuse to stand up and protect the public from these predators. And these are predators. This is how they make their living, preying on other people, the end result usually being death right about the time the last dollar is drained out of the account. And but they, you can't get anything out of them. Uh, they won't move to do anything. And I, But I did have one senator in Minnesota tell me that the reason they didn't was because the federal government, and I've mentioned this many times, owes Social Security just over $4 trillion now in money they have taken not only from the surplus, they've taken all the surplus since the Johnson administration, but now they're starting to get into the principle and they need rid of people. Bingo, bango, we got a fake virus. And um, and look at the elderly people that are dropping behind that, not from the virus, but from withholding of medical care. If they even, they even hint at you might have COVID, they have never isolated or identified any such virus. They give you a test that isn't meant to pick up viruses and then tell you you're positive and start treatment for COVID. And they suspend all other medical treatment. So we've had nurses and doctors tell us that what happens is people have heart attacks. They go into diabetic shock. They do all kinds of things, and they succumb from that. If you remember when this all first started, every elderly person they claimed had this crap, they put them on a ventilator. And we had that doctor tell us, he said, he was just screaming. He said, these people aren't dying from any virus. He said, the ventilator explodes the lung he said there's no outward injury but he said it's murder nonetheless he said they didn't die from virus he said they exploded their lungs with the ventilator so they quietly quit using the ventilators and after they reported 94 percent of the people put on one died but Mm -hmm. so the elderly in this country are being targeted and at first and top of the list is anybody that owns any property has any assets anything they want that first, and then we have predators like that one running up in Michigan, that Mary Rowan, who has 1,700 wards. She's collecting all of their Social Security, their railroad retirement, their VA retirements, whatever they got. She's collecting every bit of it. Plus, she's getting money from the state, and um, she's living a good life. Believe me, she posts pictures of herself on one Caribbean cruise after another. It's good work wow. if you can, you got stomach for it. But anyway, and our guest tonight, the subject topic for tonight is the abduction of Shelley Thompson. Now, we have had Shelley on before, and we had hoped this was coming to an end then. Hopefully, with tonight's broadcast, we can work a little harder on 
getting her out of there. Uh, joining me tonight is Shelly, Steve Glantz, and Phil Ross. So I want to welcome all of you to the show right now all at once. Everybody's online. And I think, Phil, we'll start off with you and let you, let you give us some background on this. Then, Steve, you add what you want to to it. Then we'll bring Shelly in. Okay? Sounds good. Okay, go well, ahead, Phil. This is Phil Ross. Yeah, my name's Phil Ross. Um, for people who have seen the Netflix documentary on the Dirty Money Series 2 uh, guardianship episode, uh, I'm the Texas attorney in that episode. And wow. That, uh, that case, that guardianship case uh, with Charlie Thrash, really opened my eyes about the um, probate court in Bear County, particularly the new probate judge, Oscar Kazin. Uh, he had no regard for Charlie's rights or welfare. Um, he preached from the pulpit about how concerned he was about Charlie's best interest. And then he allowed uh, Charlie's guardian to do all the things that were exposed on the Netflix Dirty Money guardianship video. Uh, after that video ran for about nine months, uh, the guardian of Charlie's estate, Tanya Barina, sued Netflix and me and everybody else, including over two dozen defendants, for defamation and intentional infliction of severe emotional distress. And oh. that that yeah. lawsuit is opening up new doors on uh, to expose guardianship abuse. Tanya Barina is probably one of the most notorious abusers in Texas at this time. She doesn't have more than one guardian, or I mean one ward, but she's had more publicity worldwide on that Netflix program than any other guardian in the United States, as far as I can tell. Um. And I got more exposure from that program as one Texas attorney that is trying to help people like Shelly and Charlie get out of abusive guardianships. Shelly's situation is probably more um, outrageous than Charlie Thrash's, and I've tried to influence, tried to interest Netflix in doing a documentary exposure about her guardianship because I think it would uh, be very popular for people to know what's happening and it would be helpful to Shelley to have that exposure uh, to show that the state of Texas is in the guardianship business and their attorneys, once they grab somebody like they did Shelley, uh, they don't let go. Uh, the most recent development in Shelley's case, which has been going on for over two years now, uh, she was first abducted from her home uh, back in January of 2019, and it's been over two years since the state of Texas was appointed guardian of her person. And Shelley called me in 2019 and I uh, contracted with me to help her after she had already had a permanent guardian appointed. 
which is the State of Texas Health and Human Service Commission. And uh, I filed a notice of appearance in the first hearing. The uh, attorney for the state uh, by the name of Ann Angerer, A-N-G-E-R-E-R, and she's a very angerer person, uh, fits her name. She started bad-mouthing me to the judge, saying that when I went over to visit Shelley for the first time and asked the nurse's station at Colonial Manor Nursing Home if Shelley could go out shopping with me, and they told me no, and I said, uh, okay, well, I'll go shopping for her. Uh, Ann Anger told the judge that I tried to take her out of the nursing home without any authority and that I was a bad person and the judge should not allow oh, me to wow. represent her as her attorney. And the judge just ate up all of Ann Anger's lies and wouldn't let me uh, respond and ruled that I could not be Shelley's attorney. And there's procedures in Texas uh, it's called a Rule 12 procedure under the rules uh, where an attorney whose authority is questioned has uh, at least 10 days before a hearing on a motion to show authority. The judge didn't pay any attention to that, and uh, he ruled that I couldn't represent Shelley, and I subsequently appealed his order appointing her guardian and a couple of other orders, and they got referred to the Court of Appeals in Corpus Christi, which uh, upheld all of Judge Stevens' rulings. And I couldn't believe it, but uh, and it took them over a year. But, uh, you know, that's that's the justice that Shelley's gotten in uh, in Texas courts, all the way up to the Court of Appeals. Um, one of the first things that the state of Texas Health and Human Services Commission did to Shelley once they got control of her is they got an order to allow her house to be foreclosed. She had a reverse mortgage and to uh, sell off all her personal property. And I found out about it from Shelley about the second day of an estate sale where all of her personal property was being sold against her preferences and against her best interests. And I was able to buy some of her things that she told me she wanted to keep, and I declared a trust, a Shelley Thompson Trust, to hold the personal property that I purchased for her until she can be freed from her guardianship. But there was about $15,000 that was left over after the sale, and that money was deposited in the registry of the court. And guess what? As soon as Shelley started asking to use some of that money to supplement her health and maintenance and food where she's at, to uh, hire an expert witness to show that she's not incapacitated, to pay court costs and other expenses, the state of Texas got the bright idea to ask the judge to take all that money, $15,000, for a prepaid funeral for Shelley. And they just did that oh this month. Oh, my God. And the judge, on the same day that I filed Shelley's objection to uh, the state's request for uh, an order authorizing them to withdraw that money, the judge signed the order without a hearing. And now, next week, on Wednesday, the judge has set a hearing on the state's motion to strike all of the pleadings that I've filed for Shelley in the last year. And they're raising a, a completely bogus argument that the Court of Appeals said that I can't represent Shelley. And if the judge swallows that, which I expect him to, um, 
he'll be committing one of the most egregious abuses of authority uh, that I've seen because the court ruled that I couldn't be Shelley's attorney based on the order that I appealed. I filed a subsequent uh, application for her to restore her capacity or modifying the guardianship uh, a year ago this week, and there has been no appeal of that order. And uh, Judge Stevens acknowledged the motion or application to restore capacity that I filed a year ago. He appointed the same guardian ad litem that decided Shelley was incapacitated two years ago and the same psychiatrist that decided Shelley was totally incapacitated two years ago. And without even having a hearing and, you know, total disregard for Texas rules of procedure, Shelley's right to a jury trial on her application the judge decided without an order that he was just going to continue the guardianship. And now the state is trying to strike all the pleadings that I've filed on Shelley's behalf, including an anti-slap motion to dismiss the application to take all our money to prepay for her funeral. Um, the, judge, the judge today said that is that motion for hearing next Wednesday. Um, Texas has a pretty good anti-slap statute. And the slap nature of the state's application to get all of Shelley's money is uh, to silence her and prevent her from uh, petitioning the court or anybody else from petitioning the court on her behalf. Yeah. And their motion to dismiss, my anti-slap uh, motion, is going to be heard at 9 a.m. next Thursday, June 3rd. In the uh, June 3rd. Okay. Yeah, it's, I don't know what the... Zoom link is for the county court at law number two for Comal County, Texas. But I've got phone numbers that you can call the court staff and get that Zoom link. And okay. it's a public hearing. Anybody can participate or monitor. But you can call the court coordinator. His name is Michelle Steislinger at 830-221-1193. Or you can email one, one, her nine, at three. S okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Or you can email her okay. at S T Y S L M at C O dot C O M A L dot T X dot U S is Michelle Steislinger's email. She's the court coordinator for Judge Stephen and she's the one that signed the order setting the hearing on uh, the state's motion to dismiss my anti slap motion to dismiss their okay. Uh, application to take all Shelley's money to, and it, they've already got it. Um, I yeah. filed a motion for the judge to reconsider because it's been less than a month, and um, I don't think he's going to even hear that matter. He's going to rule on next Thursday that I don't have authority to represent Shelley because he thinks she's totally incapacitated, and he has no regard for the Texas uh, Bill of Rights Awards, which says that a um, person in a guardianship has a right to retain their own attorney to modify their guardianship or restore capacity. Um, wow. You know, it should be a pretty easy appeal for the Court of Appeals in Austin to consider and grant, but it's going to delay things if that's the route we have to go. It took a, a year yeah. before the trial court would do anything the last time we appealed to judges' rulings. In the meantime, you know, you know Phil, Shelley needs all the help she I'll can get. Ahead. Yeah. Uh, what gets in the meantime, me, Shelley needs all, all the help. I only know about my cases in Texas. 
I only know yeah. about my cases in Texas, and um, Shelly's case is, is really extreme. And, uh, yeah. you know, I was gratified that Netflix took an interest out of all the cases going on nationwide. They focused in on one of my cases and a case in Massachusetts for their yeah. hour-and-a-half-long program last year. You know that um, they uh, sued Lisa Belanger, who was in that uh, in that episode. They sued right. her. And then here, it's been about three weeks ago, I think, they dropped they the the people coming against her had everything dismissed and but with prejudice without prejudice and she said what do you think that means marty i said it means they're regrouping they're going to come back at you and then we find out right behind that that they went after netflix they went after jigsaw productions they went after everybody i had told lisa i said what are they suing you for and she said because that attorney, his business got shown and his name, and, and um, she said they were blaming me for it. I said, you're not the one that put that in there. You had no uh, – what they put in that episode, you had no control over that. I said, right. they can't get you for anything, you know. I said, you didn't do that. They did. And um, But, yeah, they're, they're suing everybody uh, that I can – you could possibly think with associated with that episode, this that episode really upset them. And then the recent movie, I Care A Lot, which really brought this uh, to the public's attention. They tried to get that pulled off of Netflix. Um, in fact, I haven't seen it on there in a while, so I don't know if it's even still on there. But they tried to get it pulled off. Um, they had filed a suit, and I think it was in New York, saying that the last scene in that movie – uh, was inciting violence and murder because oh that guy popped God. a cap on that after. And uh, I told Cos when she was telling about that final scene, I said you could hear a collective cheer come up from the country <laughs> when he, he did right. that. But, it had a happy uh, ending. You know, it's just, yes, it had a happy ending. And uh, <laughs> But it just... See, what I don't understand, I wrote an article recently about information I had come across, and I don't pretend, Bill, to be an attorney, but it was about legal capacity and how in these probate courts they strip you of legal capacity. And you basically are non-existent. You're not there anymore. And I see, I for the life of me, don't know how they can get away with all of this, like what they've done to Shelley. How do you how do you get away with this? And they do they it get away with it the, because started, go ahead. They get away with it because the state of Texas has a very aggressive attorney by the name of Ann Anger, and I don't think she's very bright or very smart, and she's not very ethical, but she tells the judge what she thinks he needs to hear. And the judge uh, doesn't apply, doesn't engage his brain at all, and just rules however the attorney for the state tells him he needs to rule. And he only sets for hearing the motions that the state wants him to set for hearing. And basically he just stonewalls uh, anything that Shelley and I try and do. And so far he's gotten away with it. You know, he's digging himself in pretty deep, though, because there is a law in Texas that a probate or county courted law judge can be held liable if he causes harm to a ward by being Mm -hmm. negligent about um, supervising the guardian. 
Right. And, um, you know, there's plenty of information that Shelley's put out there about how horrific she has been required to uh, subsist for the last two years. Yeah. And the court has done nothing to protect her rights. Uh, this is just... I. Uh, I don't know, it, yeah, and I'm wondering, quite honestly, why I've seen the, the, the torment the families go through associated with whoever got abducted, that somebody hasn't gone off the deep end. Um, I've had people commit suicide, um, absolutely be traumatized so badly they can barely speak uh, over what's going on, and the idea that this is happening here, and of course, We've, thanks to a lot of hard work by a lot of people, this show has become international. And so we hear from people, most especially Australia, but from many different countries that the same thing is happening there. They're doing the same thing. and It's it's a final solution for people that uh, are vulnerable. Yes, yes, that they don't want to take care of. And it's very popular among the predators in the world. Yes, and it scares me how many of them there are. But, yeah. Um, let's get, Steve, let's get you on here, throw your two cents in, and then I want to get Shelly on and talking. Great. Hi, this is Steve. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you? Yeah. Okay, great. Yes. Uh, is this, uh, should I just start talking? Okay. That would be good. Yeah, keep talking. <laughs> Okay, good. It's a little bit, seems like there's a little delay here or something. Okay, well, my name is Steve Gland, and um, I, um, I'm i an old friend of Shelley's uh, when she was living in California, and I kept in touch with her uh, during her years in New Mexico, and then she later moved to Texas when her uh, mother passed, and she uh, got the house. And, um, uh, you know, one day in uh, 2019, I, I heard about what happened, and I was really shocked. And, uh, we stayed in touch for a while, lost touch, and then by the time I got back in touch with her, uh, she had hired Phil, and then I've been supporting her ever since in the in an advocacy role. And part of that is actually, uh, you know, working with Phil as closely as I can. Uh, I just want to mention uh, just a couple of things that uh, he, he has asked in, in one of those recent pleadings for a jury trial, and also, I believe, to... Uh, to move uh, the venue uh, or the jurisdiction to a state probate court in Austin or San Antonio, which would be much more fair than, than what's happening right now in uh, Comal County or New Brunfels. So, um, and I pretty much stay in touch with uh, Shelley on a daily basis. Uh, you, you know when you're isolated like that, uh, you need a lot of contact. So we do by phone, we do by computer. And I have to tell you some things about Shelley. I mean, she is extremely intelligent, articulate, and lucid. Uh, anybody that knows anybody her, that knows her uh, would tell you uh, would right tell away you that she right is away not that she is mentally not incapacitated. incapacitated. We're getting yeah. feedback. Somebody, yeah. Somebody's on speaker or something. We're yeah, getting it's feedback. Not, it's not me. So, okay, I think it stopped. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. So, um yeah, so, and, you know, and Shelley has a, a professional background. Uh, she's a scientist. Uh, she's a conference organizer. And, uh, you know, uh, and she is still, you know, even at her age, she has a lot of ambition and wants to do some important things with her career. 
you just don't find people like that in nursing homes who are truly incapacitated and in need of guardianship. And she will tell you that it's very difficult being there uh, intellectually because nope, everybody else is kind of brain dead, <laughs> comparatively speaking. So, um, you know, I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, what I have done, you know, as an advocate and a little bit about her situation. Uh, she has had so many rights violations. I mean, every single day it's one thing or another. Uh, I guess, you know, in, in general, you know, she's, there's, there's daily abuses, there's malnutrition. Uh, institutional food is so bad you cannot really survive on it, and she will be the first to tell you. There's isolation. So when, you, you know, when the guardian says, we're not allowing you any visitors, uh, you're essentially in solitary confinement. Uh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> and it also means she cannot exercise. Uh, there are restrictions on when she can go out and people that need to be with her, and over a period of time, you lose uh, conditioning. And I'd probably say the worst thing that's happening is the drugging, and you talked about that in general at the beginning. And this is happening with Shelly, too. Uh, you know, they, they offer her vitamins, and they say they're vitamins, but she, when she inquires, she finds out, well, these aren't vitamins. These are drugs. And if they don't do it in, uh, in forms of fake vitamins, they'll put it in her food. So this creates a problem. And uh, one of the things, and I'm going to talk about some of the help I could use as an advocate, is we have a fundraising site, a GoFundMe site, and we want to raise some money just so that we can send her food, that we have the ability to uh, have deliveries of groceries to her room. And if she can eat that rather than this other food and not have a drug, I think that's going to help a lot. You know, Steve, difficult Steve will they let her life. have it? What's will that? they let her have the food? Will they let her have Absolutely. the food? Absolutely. Yes, when, when we order a delivery, uh, they do deliver it to her room. So we've been fortunate in that, at least that one area. <laughs> um, and I also want to say now, uh, Phil talked about this meeting on Tuesday. So uh, we're inviting everybody Thursday. to come to this. Oh, Thursday. Thursday yes, you're right. Thursday, June 3rd. And uh, there is a link. Now, if you go to uh, the, the, the website for this uh, radio show, uh, and Marty can tell you how to get there, I put in a promotional uh, piece. And there are links there. There's actually a Zoom link that will get you to, the, to that meeting. Um, and um, I've also got it on uh, a few. We have some Facebook pages. Uh, we have the Shelley Thompson Trust, the Shelley Thompson, Save, Save Shelley Thompson. There's actually three of them that we've been posting on social media. And, of course, you can get in touch with me or any of us uh, through Marty if you want to get any more information about that meeting. So we invite everybody to come. And I think Phil had also mentioned that um, even if we're not allowed to talk during this hearing, or if it's even if it's very short, after the, after the judge leaves the room, uh, Phil can ask for, I think he calls it a bill of exception. And that means the meeting can continue. And, it, and we can still talk, and it will be on the record, either uh, recorded or, or transcribed. And we can present an evidentiary hearing. And so this is this is this will create a record for any future moves, whether it be a jury trial or moving to another court or whatever. So this is the most important thing to to realize and why you want to come because we're, we're going to have that opportunity. Okay, so uh, 
what else can I uh, uh, share with you here? The uh, I just want to get a little bit technical here. So on the rights violations, you know what what I did when this started is I looked up all the laws and over all the oversight organizations. You have uh, an estates code. You have an office of court administration, a guardianship, abuse, fraud, and exploitation deterrence program, the Department of Family and Protective Services, government codes, health and services codes, nursing home codes, civil rights, human rights, and constitutional rights. And all of these give Shelley the rights that have been violated over and over again. And we've quoted them in the legal documents. And the judge just completely ignores them. Uh, and, of course, right now, and, and Phil talked about uh, Shelley's right to hire an attorney. Uh, there are actually codes in, in, in there, uh, 656A in the probate code, 694 or 649K. Anybody can look this up, and they can see that she absolutely is allowed to hire an attorney. And the interesting thing about Texas is that it actually has a pretty good set of laws, but they are not enforced. And I think we all know why they are not enforced, because there's no accountability. There's no accountability in the law, and the judges can get away with whatever they get away with. And, you know, there's, we also know that sometimes there's a bit of money laundering that goes on. We haven't been able to prove it in this case because people hide it pretty well, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of what's going on. And, of course, people don't uh, in the state of Texas don't like Phil very much because, you know, he's an advocate. And uh, I think that's something else. And, of course, Shelley, you know, <laughs> she's also done some really interesting things in her career. And maybe there's some people in, in government circles that uh, have it in for her. I'm not really sure about that, but it's a possibility. So what I've done is, you know, I've kept uh, files of all the cases. There's been about 300 pleadings ever since this case began on both sides. It's gone on for a couple of years. Um, uh, I've tried to follow the advocates group. There was a really good conference, advocates conference the other day by AAAPG, and there's some really good people there. Um, I put out petitions, the uh, GoFundMe link for raising money, the Facebook. Um, we talked a little bit about mediation, but I think Phil decided that uh, this group uh, in Texas is, is so bad that they would not mediate in good faith. Every once in a while, uh, people approach Shelly from the facility she's staying in, Colonial Manor, and they say, well, you know, we're willing to move you somewhere else to a so-called less restrictive facility, but they don't give her any information about what they have in mind. And without that, uh, you know, it could, she could end up somewhere worse. And very often times, they bring people in to question her without her attorney present, maybe psychiatrists that want to continue to prove that she's incapacitated. And she has the presence of mind to say, no, I'm not going to give you any information unless I have a witness, unless I can record it. And then they go away. Now, how many words Imagine you know, that. <laughs> that will do Imagine that? Nobody. That. Yeah. And as far as capacity, yeah. we've actually looked into the original uh, determination of incapacity. And as you know, it's a very nebulous term, in, both in professional psychiatric circles and in legal circles. There really is a very loose definition of incapacity. And we, when we looked at the specifics of the test that was given to Shelley, we realized that she had actually passed. And we looked at the other criteria, you know, that she was a bit in debt. Well, that's no reason to declare somebody incapacitated. 
Uh, her house was a little messy. Well, of course, she had been ill, and she was recovering, and she was calling to have her house uh, fixed up again. So that whole thing falls whole apart. Thing falls apart. Yeah, I'm yeah. hearing the feedback. I'm hearing the feedback. Whoever's yeah. doing that. Okay. Um, yeah. So she was uh, denied access to health care, and yet she has been, been able to survive throughout this. Uh, we're looking at uh, fraud, possibly Medicaid fraud. Um, what else? Um, well, Marty, let me ask you and see if you have any questions at this point. Hello, Marty. Can you hear me? Okay, Hello. I'm sorry. Uh, how did yeah? How did they target her? How did she come into their purview? What made them zero in on her? Do you know? Yeah, and I think Shelley can tell this story Shelley a little bit better than I can. Uh, and I'm hearing feedback again. So yeah, this yeah, was me too. Um, <laughs> this was a case of um, having to go to the emergency a couple of times because uh, she was having some fainting spells, and they finally determined that she was short on potassium, of all things. And once they gave oh. her uh, potassium supplements, uh, she was on the mend. But they asked mm-hmm. her, Imagine right that. before she left that hospital, mm-hmm. oh, do you have any relatives that live in the area? And she said no. And that oh. was their key to having uh, somebody yeah. come to the house, the psychiatrist interviewing her and lying about the results, and then having oh. uh the men in gray come and well, take see, her away from adult protective yeah. services. <laughs> well, see that hospital thing. Uh, I found this out through my own experience some years back. Uh-huh. They go to admit you to the hospital, and for about the last at least 15 years, and you know they've always got the monitor, the back of the monitor facing you, so you can't see what you're signing. Don't sign anything. They won't give you to read first. And uh-huh. but they they do an asset search. And I asked her why she was doing that. And she said, well, we want to make sure you can pay the bill. And I said, you got three insurance cards laying there. I think I probably can cover it. And she said, well, you don't have much, do you? I said, no, and I keep it that way. And But this is, this is one of the ways we've caught charged nurses with a guardian on speed dial in these hospitals and uh, we got one in a recording here about eight years ago who's calling the guardian and saying we got a live one she's hot worth about eight mil and (gasps) they guardianized the lady overnight and um, we fought that one back helped not just us many of us and um, fought that back and we got her out of it because it was a set-up deal, but that's what they did. They did an asset search, and that's what they did with Shelley. Um, they did an asset search and decided she had enough stuff that it was worth trafficking her and stealing her, her assets. Exactly. You know, and we've gone through the administrative process. We've complained to just about every agency in the Texas government we could, and we got stonewalled on those. Uh, we've gone mm-hmm. to the politicians to try to get them to uh, intervene or at least uh, reform some of the laws and give them a little bit more teeth. Haven't had much luck with that. Um, people go into Shelly's room and they steal things from her. Um, she's trying to get a hold of her ID or to get a notary so she can sign some legal documents. They won't let her have that. So there's just so much going on here. Um, 
and uh, I really hope that uh, we can get some some help along the way. Uh, one of the things we could use the money for is uh, to get a psychiatrist to give her another examination and in restoring capacity. And we're talking about at least a couple thousand dollars there. So that would really, really help. Um, I could use some help with publicity because I think that the, the the court of public opinion really makes a difference. Yes. Um, yeah. And um, we're just going to hope for the best and, and just keep plugging away at it and learn as much as we can about what it takes to, uh, to win. And I really, really appreciate the work that Phil's done. And you know he works uh, as a volunteer. Uh, so when they say that, uh, you know, they think Phil might have a conflict of interest, at one point he wanted to uh, change the guardianship over to um, somebody that, that he knows. Uh, why would he have a conflict of interest if he's not even charging for his services? So that mm-hmm. doesn't make any, any sense at all. Um, and, you know, another thing is, uh, you know, maybe there's another guardian in Texas or somebody that uh, it's very easy to take their test and become a guardian. Maybe somebody else would, would want to step up to the plate. But it would have to be a real guardian, not, <laughs> not one of the, not, not somebody fake, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I also want to say that the guardian agent that Shelly has now is really kind of a little bit mentally disabled herself, and we have some evidence oh. for that. And she's also been a little bit violent towards, she's had violent language towards towards Shelly as well. So there's a lot of abuses going on, and I'm sure Shelly can can tell you more about that when you have a chance to talk with her after I'm talking. Yes. Okay. Um, Shelly? Yes? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yeah. How are you doing? It's difficult to frame Shelby. a polite answer to that question since I'm here locked up <laughs> and uh, yeah. made a creature. I never realized that you could be in the United States fully deprived of your rights. I have all the rights of a bag of free toads. Yeah. And I yeah. just, this is very wrong, not just my case, but everybody this is done to. This is very wrong and it should not be allowed. It shouldn't be. But uh, it no. goes on every day all across the country. Go ahead, Cos. I, I mean, I I hope that everyone listening is realizing that Shelley is the ward, is the person that they are claiming to be incapacitated, and you just heard her speak. I, I think everyone needs to understand this is this is someone who they are doing this to, and she's very intelligent, and she's going to tell her story, and she is not incapacitated at all and this is shocking and disgusting well Well, if i may yes you may all right um in graduate school i got a fellowship in biostatistics at uc berkeley and discovered to my surprise that uh i like the statistics end It was interesting to me. I hated it as an undergraduate, as virtually everybody does. And I became interested in the question of why things happen. This is the major mystery in science, and it's almost completely unexplored. We know something about how chemistry works. We know how nuclear things work. 
We know how, how to smelt metals and things like this. The simple question of how this moment gives birth to the next moment. That is the outstanding issue in science. And I puzzled over this, and one day, the higher power granted me an enlightenment. And it happened very unexpectedly. I was making a bed, thinking about absolutely nothing, and then I actually felt the presence of the higher power. I didn't see it, but I felt it. And then suddenly this idea occurred to me, and I thought, wow, I never thought of it that way before. It would be worthwhile. And then I turned to ask a question of the power that had sent this to me, but that power was gone. It had made its delivery and left. I had the idea. I got some people together and got some money, ran the initial experiments, and they worked. I have uh, published on the theory. I published on the experiments in Physics Procedia, which is not a lightweight journal. I uh, also manage the Space Technology and Applications International Forum for uh, two years. I was there. I didn't draw a salary for that, but I was a good manager, and they needed one, and I did it. And I presented uh, some of my own work there at that place. And then circumstances obligated me to move back to Texas, and I fell afoul of this guardianship racket, which I had never heard of, and I never imagined it could happen to me. I was dumbfounded. I was never incompetent. I had what turned out to be potassium deficiency, and it was quickly and easily corrected when they figured it out. But by then, someone had made a phone call to HHSC or APS, the sub-state agency that pays for that information, and had reported me as a single older adult with a physical problem who owned property. And that yes. is why I'm a prisoner here and why my life has been destroyed by these people. That's exactly how, how it happened. And I'm so Gee, grateful to be able to tell this story and help myself possibly and definitely help others, warn others that this yes. can happen to them. I was blindsided completely. I thought I had rights. Yes. We all think we do, Shelley, until we find out we don't. And uh, But, see, we've been trying to warn people about this stuff for years. Yours is such a, a spectacular case in highlighting how egregious this system is um, that it makes no difference who you are, how educated you are, how functional you are on your daily. And that's the thing. None of this matters because those people can stand up in that probate court, the potential guardian and their attorneys they can levy all kind of charges against you and this is like it's as if you've committed a crime mm-hmm. and which you have it's the crime of aging with assets and they can levy and they're never asked for any evidence and they never produce any and this i've screamed about this for years it, how I could stand up if I was one of these predators and just say, well, I saw Shelly dancing naked on her roof, and nobody would say, well, do you have pictures? How do we know she did that? <laughs> I, I said it, so it's so. And you have no way to defend yourself. They will not allow you mm-hmm. to defend yourself. And this this is wrong on so many levels, and I... <laughs> You know, if you can get a psychiatrist to come in, the worst part of it is, Shelley, you're better educated than they are. 
because most of what they deal with is drivel anyway. But you're better educated than they are, and it, so you you represent a, a form of a threat to them. Just the level of intention, well, attention, and and education. Go ahead. Well, I think the real threat, the real problem with that is that if someone, uh, if a psychiatrist comes to see me, interviews me, and pronounces me competent, which I think anyone who is actually has a trace of integrity would do. I'm not yeah. claiming to be mm-hmm. the world's most likable person, but I certainly am competent. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> the problem is that anyone who, who puts his name to helping me, any psychiatrist who helps me, can say goodbye to any revenue whatsoever from this state for the rest of his life. And it's very hard to find somebody who's willing to do that. Wow. That's my problem. I would love to find a psychiatrist with integrity and talk to him and have him file papers on my behalf. I would like that. Yes. It's just I haven't been able to find anyone, and in my opinion, that's why. It's the state. Wow. Yeah. I, well, usually, just like with Phil. Oh, go ahead, Cos. I was going to say he needs to go on the Dr. Phil's show because isn't that Dr. Phil a psychiatrist? He doesn't get any money <laughs> from the state. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> we, should, we should try Dr. Phil. And, uh, yeah. By but all you know, means, yes. Yeah, I'm yes. feeling that. Like, uh, it would I mean, he'd get good ratings, and he's not he he's not worried about not getting money from the state, and he's a psychiatrist. I just thought of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. We yeah. can try that and see what we usually see happen. Uh, people like Phil, attorneys like Phil, is they come up against his system, and I, I couldn't tell you how many over the years, um, how many have been disbarred. Sanctioned, seen their reputations mm-hmm. ruined, their practice destroyed. Uh, they'll plant fake stories about them. They'll, you know, start rumors about them. They'll do anything to destroy them for bucking up against this system. Oh. And it's a big moneymaker. And I read here uh, a few years back that 60% of the income from almost all law firms in this country comes from guardianship and conservatorship. That's how they pay the bills. And I thought, well, oh, that makes well, sense. Well, that tells you what's still. going on then, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, I think- hey, Marty, I was doing some yes. research, though, the other day, and I discovered an appellate opinion that said that nonprofit corporations can practice law in Texas without a license. And this was the case of, uh, I think it's Langley uh, Restaurant Company or Landry, Landry Restaurants. And it was a Court of Appeals opinion, I think, out of Houston. And it said that a nonprofit corporation can represent people without being licensed to practice law. And I'm interested in exploring that because, as everybody knows, I'm being sued in two cases for two prior guardianship proceedings that I've been involved in by the state of Texas trying to um, revoke my license to practice law. But what yeah. they don't realize that if I just file um, the application to be incorporated as a nonprofit, that I could continue on a different level to practice law. Yeah. And uh, 
probably be more effective than I am just as a solo practitioner. Mm-hmm. Wow. Too many Christmas. That, so that, that ask would be me if I'm cool. worried about the by the Texas Bar <laughs> Association. I think I already know. <laughs> yeah. It and, was, um, you know, Steve said uh, something about Shelly at her age being motivated to do something with her life. She's only a few years older than I am. And I can oh, identify wow. with Shelly. You know, I don't feel old. I feel like uh, middle-aged, and I think Shelly is too. Wow. I'm yeah. in better health than many much younger people on the staff here, as yeah. a matter of fact. <laughs> That's pretty sad, Shelly. <laughs> That's pretty sad. But, uh, you know, it just... I just don't get it. You know, I was, have talked a little bit about this. Uh, when I was still in Minnesota, they had um, gotten just tens of thousands of nursing home complaints about abuse and neglect and taking people's glasses and dentures and cocooning them in a room, you know, the whole nine yards. And but, uh, Minnesota has an abatement statute that says you filed a lawsuit over this stuff if the person you filed on behalf of dies the lawsuit ends it's done it's over you got no case so we lost the head of health and human services who Hmm. had not investigated 26,000 complaints and he was allowed to step down instead of being fired like he should have been and he was allowed to step down so he could keep all of his benefits and he walked off into the sunset they get a new director and about, it was maybe five, six weeks later, he makes the grand announcement that he had cleaned up over 16,000 of these cases. And everybody said, oh, God, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's not wonderful. All he did was go through and pull death certificates. That's how many people, that's all he did. And um, if I may ask. Uh, yes, go ahead. What is the situation in Texas? If I die, does it shut off all lawsuits on my behalf? Yes, as far as I know. Isn't that correct, Phil? Well, terrific. Then you're talking to a soon-to-be-dead person. I'm in fine health, no, but if I, I inconvenience think, the state to that level, I'm history. I think oh, there's wow. a possibility that the trust that I set up for you would still have claims, even though oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're the beneficiary of the trust. And the trust is for your benefit only. And, um, you know, the trust itself may have rights that would be indefinite. Yeah. Good. Wow. Yes. Too many times we see in these cases that (laughs) there'll be a trust or other things, and they'll give someone plenary, plenary guardianship pass away and then suddenly the probate court instead of distributing things the way they were supposed to have been assigns a trustee an administrator for that that estate and then they just start siphoning off that way and um, Mm -hmm. it's such a glaring racket it is such there there is no attempt to hide this to make it sound good but you know we've been pushing for supported decision-making to avoid guardianship. So one thing I want to warn you all about, 
I've been watching the Bar Association on the national level, and they're starting to try to rebrand guardianship as supported decision-making with a professional guardian leading the team. Now, we're right back where we started. Yeah, isn't that great? Mm -hmm. Isn't that great? Um, Okay, Shelly, if if we're successful, if Phil's successful in getting you out of there, what do you have any plans? What are you going to do? Oh, absolutely. I have plans. I uh, mentioned okay. earlier the uh, essentially the scientific discovery that was given to me that mm-hmm. occurred to me. Um, it was a gift, a pure gift. It just came to me. And uh, uh-huh. I have the ability to develop it. The early experiments worked. And while I've, what I've done is the physics and energy end, because that's what I understand. Uh But I can tell you that while it can, this can provide inexpensive energy to uh, states that now are suffering, have suffered for years, in the mountain time zone, for instance. The uh, Uh weather is extreme in the winter, and they're expensive in the winter just for the life-saving heating and power. Their expenses are very high, and it has made those states poor. That can change. They can have cheap power. Everyone can have less expensive power. I would never attempt to do that in Texas because uh, Texas Utilities and some other outfits, uh, well, uh, it would shorten my life expectancy, let me put it that way. (laughs) But in the mountain states, they would be glad to have inexpensive power, and I can do that. And the other very important thing that this can do, the same discovery, is to uh, enable us to travel interplanetary distances without having to use rockets. This really is possible, and that is what my initial round of experiments effectively proved. We didn't do any travel in the experiments, but we proved the principle of the phenomenon. And when I get out of here, I'm going to go to another state other than Texas and quietly put my little project together, and we'll see about getting some people to Mars. We need to do that. Mars is habitable. And if we don't do that, there are all kinds of bad consequences waiting for us, not the least of which is eventual nuclear war on Earth. Um, Yes, We need to have that not happen. We need an outlet for excess population and excess energy. We need some living space and we need more resources. We can get them. I just will get them if I get out of here. I promise that. Wow. Do they let you get the um, news when you're there? Because we have a rover that made it to Mars. Oh, I know. And I have a computer here. So that I can check on the Mars project. I've looked at it. I've seen the photographs from Mars. I saw the original photographs from Mars, incidentally, which were taken out of the oh, wow. um, domain mm-hmm. very, very quickly because they showed the rubble of an advanced civilization, and they also showed some oh, evidence God. of animal and plant life on the planet. It is not completely dead. Oh, wow. Wow. I saw wow, that. Wow, wow, wow. So we wow. can get that people to Mars. Just... There's water on Mars. It's underground, but there is water. Um, okay. We have to live in domes, maybe for a couple generations. But the planet is recovering. It had a disaster some time back, but it is recovering. 
there is life there now. And wow. we can live there. We should do this. We That's must just... do this. <laughs> well, I think, Shelley, before we get there, they're going to kill off a fair number of us. Um, this vaccine, or the vaccine is the killer. But um, It is the killer. And it you is... should not take that vaccine. That's... Do not. No. No, I will not. And... Uh, but it's, it, this is going to get real ugly before it's over. But I see it as a means of getting rid of as many elderly and chronically ill people as possible. Um, they, this, is a, this is a genocide. And um, that's, that's just the way I see it. And, you know, listening to you talk, Shelley, obviously educated, obviously cut above most of us. Is there people in the field you work in that could jump in behind Phil and Steve and support you that, you know, would add some weight to to all of this? Well, my the people I know are basically scientists, physical scientists. Right. Um, the law field is not their is not their domain. Right. I wish, you well, know, yeah, if I had, a, if I had friends and relatives who were important lawyers, it would be a big, make a big difference, but I don't. Yeah. Phil, yeah. though, it's been a wonderful help, yeah. and he's a brave man. And he's in my prayers every single day. I'm so grateful for what he's done. Yeah, well, especially when nobody else would step up. Uh, I, like I say, it just... It rattles my head to think this goes on and in this country of all places that I have become so disillusioned with this country uh, coming out of high school I thought it was the most wonderful and wasn't I lucky to be born here and and everything was just you know coming up daisies and uh, we were the best country in the world the most noble and everybody wanted to be us blah 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 I was brainwashed all these years later I look at all of this, the debris of what once was and what we have become and are heading towards, and it, it turns my stomach. And, um, I, you know, like I say, when that movie came out, I care a lot, and then the episode there on Netflix on uh, Dirty Money, there were still people going, well, they must have done something wrong or they wouldn't have done that. Well, you know, there there had to be other things that they're not telling us. Why don't you tell us the truth? This could land on your doorstep at any time. And I've had it over the years, Shelley. I've had people who just jumped in the middle of me and you're a conspiracy theorist and you don't know what you're talking about and this couldn't happen and blah, blah, blah. That had it happened to them who came back crying to me, help me, help me, help me. I can't help you. I, you know, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Your attorney can't do well, anything. And uh, no offense, Phil, but, you know, the attorneys that have soaked to these families, it, when I was first in this, I was shocked, absolutely shocked at the number of families that had taken out second and third mortgages on their home, paying attorneys, trying to get mom, dad, or whomever out of these guardianships, or they spent their kids' college funds trying to get, you know, we even had an attorney there in Texas here, this has been about 10 years ago, walked to the door of the probate tribunal with his clients, turned around and said, I can't represent you, you're going to have to find somebody else, turned around and walked away, they'd given this man a $10,000 retainer and another about eight, 9000 
along the way and just simply announced he couldn't represent them and walked off. Um, we've had too many cases where attorneys are colluding with the other side. I think one of the things that causes the greatest amount of trauma, aside from when people step into these tribunals and thinking they know what the law is and they have rights and the Constitution will protect them, finding out that none of those things are in play, um, mm-hmm. it shocks people. And then when they see how it's set up, you can tell that there is collusion. There's they, These people are all working together. That's why you can't mm-hmm. pick your own attorney. They assign you one that's part of the circle, part of the racket. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. all – I've had more than a few people say, I knew within two minutes this whole thing was a setup. It was all decided before I got in there. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And um, it's just uh, – I don't know how we're going to break this open, but we're going to break this open. <laughs> I, I just swear mm. we are going to do that. And uh, Well, what we're doing here tonight is the way to do it, is to spread yeah. public awareness. And, yes. you know, people vote, and legislature, legislators have to listen to voters. And sooner or later, yeah. some people with a lot of clout and a lot of money and a lot of notoriety are going to get on board and bring more yes. attention to this disaster for our country. And yes. you know, sooner or later, the right people are going to get involved at the right time, and we're going to turn things around. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Steve, I, Go ahead. I just want to say I mean, that. There's so uh, many people that believe in the American dream around the world, and what the government of Texas and the whole guardianship movement is doing is they're stealing the American dream because the people that are yes. successful are being targeted. Yeah. Yes. The guardianship well, abuse is the destroying per- the American dream. And can you imagine the uproar of all the people in the world that believe in the American dream when they find out yeah. how it's being destroyed? The American nightmare. Well, yeah. The American nightmare. Um, years uh-huh. ago, back in 2010, was the first time I ever saw a government accountability office um, report on guardianship. Now they were, they had more than five or 5,500 cases submitted, and when they first came out with the report, it said that 90% of the cases were at the hands of corrupt attorneys and these guardians. There was such a r- r- outrage from both those communities that three days later they changed it. Only I had the original copy and I confronted it on them. And they changed it so it was the other way. And all the laws that they come out with, you know, they're oh they're gonna you know do this and that. They never mention these professional predators. Or like down in Florida, um, there are several of their statutes that have asterisks in them. You go to the asterisk, it, it does not apply to professional guardians and attorneys. It's just insane. And they've written all this stuff to benefit themselves. And I don't know, you know, Phil, you you talked about, and Steve, you too, about talking to politicians and all of this. We've done the same thing. And they're just, uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And it's always the same. Well, I never heard of such a thing. Well, nobody told me about it. Well, I'm going to have to look into that, and I'll get back to you. And I just tell them right to their face, no, you won't. 
You know exactly what's going on. You know exactly what's going on. You know more than I do. You're not going to do anything. And But all these bills come out, and it's all directed towards family and community members. They never mention these predators. Never do they mention these predators. And it just, I don't know if you guys knew about Rebecca Furley out of Florida there. We outed her on the PPJ, my website, 10 years, at least 10 years ago. And I had two articles and um, on there about her and what she was doing. Now, in 2007, she was bankrupted, which should have precluded her from ever being a guardian in the state of Georgia. By 2010, she's a multimillionaire, and all she's done is guardianship. Her law firm threatened me, and another law firm threatened me, take the articles down. No, no, go ahead and sue me. And here last year, they finally, after 10 years, busted her. And like any good serial killer, she's got the urns of people that she had taken out, whose estates she had robbed, sitting on lighted glass shelves in her office so she could see them. Those were her trophies. They got another one, April Parks, out there in Nevada, who (laughs) hid all her urns full of ashes in a storage locker so that only she could view them. That's where she kept her trophies. These people are serial killers, and I will stand by that statement. They are serial killers. The only difference between them is they didn't use a gun or a knife or anything like that. They did it by a slow process, and I I honestly believe these people take pleasure in what they're doing. I think Mm -hmm. it is. I fully agree. I support you completely and all that. Yeah, thank you. Um, I do. I I think they uh, get a tremendous amount of pleasure out of knowing they're causing so much pain and misery. And the thing is, everything they do, just like with you, Shelley, the isolation, uh, (laughs) the imprisonment, the hostage taking, um, the tormenting, Mm -hmm. psychological tormenting, trying to do trauma-based bonding. And but all of this stuff, all of it is supposedly against the law. It's all a violation of the statutes in every state. It's on the Human Rights Council. Isolation is one of the top three things for torture. It's prohibited. And yet we do it to the elderly people every damn day of the week. And nobody says a freaking word. Nobody. This is hostage taking. This is an abduction. It's hostage taking. These people are held prisoner. It's extortion. There, there are so many violations here. Like I say, I'm not an attorney, but I can go through and pick this stuff out. And everybody sits quiet. And then they try to ostracize those of us who do speak out. I mean, God, if you saw some of the attacks that have been against me, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> well, maybe you would. Um, but just accused of all kinds of things, trying to trying to ratchet me down. Unfortunately, I really don't care because I'm just going to keep talking. And uh, Mar- threatened Marty, with I wanna... so many times. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, yeah I just wanted to, I know you're going to take calls pretty soon, so I just wanted to get a couple more things in here. Uh, you know, Shelly doesn't have a family, but she has a, a large uh, amount of supporters. There's a really good advocate group. Yeah. She's got a lot of friends. 
And there are people that have offered to um, to give her um, a home to stay and support. And uh, uh-huh. they're not necessarily in Texas, you know. Uh, and, you know, uh, part of that, you have to get the judge's permission to transfer a guardianship to another state. It can be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the reasons that we haven't asked for it, uh, and Phil could tell you more about it, is that we just haven't even got to first base with this judge. So to, yeah. uh, to ask him to uh, for permission to transfer guardianship might be a little bit difficult. But I just wanted to say that, and also I just want to remind people that um, there are, you know, uh, you know, about what's coming up. Uh, a little bit of a commercial here. So this this Zoom meeting on Thursday, you can go to uh, Marty's uh, website. Uh, or this website, the radio website, to get the links. You can also go on Facebook to the Shelley Thompson Trust page, the Free Shelley Thompson page, or the Save Shelley page. And uh, it might take a little bit of searching, but you can find the best we're doing with updates. It could be more could be done, but uh, I just wanted to uh, put in yeah. that little commercial so everybody can stay in, in contact and do come on Thursday to the Zoom meeting. So okay. I'll, uh, I'll, we do, I'll hand we it do back have to a- you. Okay, we do have a caller here. Hold on here a second. Let me get this queued up. Uh, area code 317, you're live and on the air. Good afternoon. How are you? I was just Good. wanted to call, call in and express my opinion about all these situations I'm hearing that I know I am aware that goes on in these facilities because I, I've worked in a lot, well, I still work, in a lot of them, and this situation here, these they have these people locked in the what they call a behavior unit, and they wear these mm-hmm. monitors on their on their ankles, I guess so if they leave or they'll be alarmed. And also, these people in here, a lot of them, they are functional people and able to speak for themselves. But by the nurses and the facilities giving them so much medication, it kind of it enables them to not be able to do something. And I believe that they have kidnapped a lot of these people off the street. I'm speaking of my last yes. facility where I work, and put them in the in the in the nursing facility, and saying that they have these mental issues. But I don't believe that they. Yeah. Kidnapped these people and put them in there and made them wards of the state. Mm-hmm. And some yes. of these people, some of them were were veterans, men, veterans in there. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a pastor in there, too. He wrote a book, oh, God's Idiot. He, he has a book. He has a book he written. I wrote it. I, I, I read his book. And... I looked at all the memorabilia, uh, awards and trophies he had. He's just holding on to that. And, um, I mean, I just think it's sad. And if I myself would speak out on, on it, I know I would be, like, ostracized. No. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm too aware of what goes on. Because I've worked in too many. I work. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nursing yeah. assistant. So yes, I see these people okay. on a daily basis, and one lady's in there. He's been trying to get in contact with her daughter, 
they moved her all the way from Ohio to Indiana. She said she had just made contact with her daughter, but she has no way of contacting her now because they moved her from a whole other state. Yeah, they do that. And uh, we caught Indiana here, I think it was about eight, nine years ago. They were actually putting the names and pictures, or not names, but pictures of potential uh, victims on the Internet, and they were trading them back and forth with Ohio and, I believe, Illinois. They'd have an overload, so they'd put them up for auction. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to say, and it's very important, if anyone has any missing loved ones or friends, I can guarantee you if they go to some of these facilities, they will be able to find them. But, But being that HIPAA privacy law, they have that in place, it's, it's impossible for them to find them. You know, they wouldn't be able to call and say, oh, such and such is my loved one there. They wouldn't be able to because of the HIPAA violation. Yeah. HIPAA is terrible so law. Some they people make think it that their loved ones are missing, and I mm-hmm. do believe that they are in some of these facilities here. Yeah. Okay. We've got some more callers I want to get to here. Thank you for calling okay. in. Thank you, Thank you so for... much. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm being praying. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Area oh. code 616. You're live and on the air. Hi. This is Holly Joss in Michigan. You know, I'm, I'm the lady who has the disabled daughter that was taken. Um, yes. Yes. The lady that was just on, and you know, guess what? That's not really far fetched. Um, no, not not at, all. at all. It's 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 very easy to fill a bed. Um, put a bracelet on somebody, because hospitals, um, uh, you know, there, there's two ways to put a bracelet on someone's wrist. Um, they do hide people. Um, purposely if they don't want someone to find them, especially if it was an abused person or a kid or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they make up names. They do that all the time. Um, but when you talk in nursing home, okay. they do the same thing. Um, they just make up a name. No one in – you guys have been doing this for a long time, so I know you probably, you know, looked at some of the stuff and me just so much recently, but – these agencies, these Medicaid, Medicare, these people up there, they don't really look at anything. They don't know how and they're too overwhelmed and all of the but, and they don't have the ability to do so nor the smarts, and the problem is so mm-hmm. huge. They don't really care if someone is real or not. So it's so easy to take a person, and, and they're doing this in certain states, um, Basically, if you're homeless or um, close to losing your house or anything like that, um, the trend in certain cities right now is to do guardianship automatically. And they're not going to put these people in a home. They're taking these people and actually are putting them in nursing homes. Um, That is exactly what they're doing. Some are keeping them for funding. Some of them are just going to disappear them after a while. But that is being yeah. done. That is, they're, they're talking about it. They, they are doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a lot of people think it's such a good idea, and they're saying, well, heck, you know, it's getting them off the street and whatnot. But um, uh-huh. 
once you do that, you know, it's a done deal. No one can ever come back from that because they won't let them. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, reading up on all this stuff, so what she was just saying, you know, might sound weird mm-hmm. to people, but it, it really isn't. Um, it, it, it is yeah. happening. So, and, and, you know, I guess my question is, what are you supposed to do after a while? I've been going through the stuff in my head again and again and again, talking to different people. You even saw the, some of the history that you guys have done in the past. Um, I've seen some of the articles, um, uh, listening to legalese and, and trying to figure out the paperwork to try to save my own daughter. You know, and I, I don't see any of this really working unless people really start screaming really loud and taking your fist and putting yeah. it in their face. I mean, yeah. w- 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 you've been doing this for a while. What is your suggestion? Well, the, <laughs> we have tried everything just like Phil has, too, you know. You know, and every other attorney out there that's gone to bat for somebody like Shelley, um, what you find out is... you're hitting a brick wall. The law doesn't matter. The statutes don't matter. It's whatever they choose to do right now, and nobody holds these people accountable. Nobody is willing to hold them accountable. That's the biggest problem. Uh, Like Phil mentioned, there are laws in place. There's this, that, and something else. None of them are being enforced. Mm -hmm. And so if they're not being enforced, yeah. There's a guy here who's trying to do some supported bill and, and uh, supported decision-making, um, putting another bill. I mean, that's been done in the past, but it doesn't matter. I kept trying to tell them it doesn't matter if no one's going to follow any law in the first place. Right. And so there really yeah. is nothing left to do except punch the hell out of them. Um, and I don't mm-hmm. know if people will do that in this generation, maybe a couple <laughs> generations from now, um, because... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you, you you really do have to get violent. Um, you do have to get in their faces, and nothing else will work, to be honest, because, you know, you're, unless senators and legislatures and all those people fear for their job, they really don't mm-hmm. give a shit. They don't care. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think the American public, like the vast majority of the American um, population, really understands what's going on. And I think in, as we keep telling our stories and, like, I care a lot, as more people find out, I think the outrage will start to bring change. But we've just, we're just chipping, we're just chipping away, and there's so many more people that need to be educated that, yeah, this is real, and this is really happening, and our government is doing this to the, its own citizens. And I you don't know, really I- I went to a luncheon and said my piece to some representative. Um, mm-hmm. She wasn't really listening. It was a kind of a luncheon in a restaurant. Um, and then I sat down after they all left and just to have a uh, coffee or something. I had four people approach me, just me sitting there, and say, that happened to my so-and-so, that happened to my so-and-so, and oh, that happened to my grandma, and then I got someone who's going through that right now. Um, I honestly um, um, actually do think people know about it. Um, I think a lot of people know about it, but they're hitting brick walls. I think a lot of people, I'm in this group of seven and over 800 people, and half of them are into the so-called um, 
uh, the uh, the CPS thing because you know they're taking kids with a fury right now too. I mean they are mm-hmm. sweeping uh-huh. kids. Oh my God, they're sweeping kids and taking them out of the homes left to right. Um, yes. you know, big time. Uh, uh, so the whole courts and the, and the judge and everything. I a lot of people. I think people do know it. They're just ignoring it. I think they do know. They just don't know how to fight it. Um, you know, I got people screaming at me, why didn't you do this and why didn't you do that? Why don't you just go down there and get her out? And I'm like, because they arrest me when I do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which, You're arresting the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, but um, I honestly, um, I guess I, the question is, I just don't think there's really anything left to do, and I still think it's going to take another 20, 30 years. But, you know, a baseball bat really doesn't care about qualified immunity, and I think that's what it's going to take. <laughs> um, and I and I do and I do um, from what I'm hearing is Black Lives Matters is going to take on CPS. Uh, that's what they're talking about right wow. now. And I'm hoping a wow. lot of people just bat uh, Black Panthers. Actually, I just was uh, uh, Michael Volp and somebody else was talking about it, and a lot of other people and. Uh, let's come out, and people are just going to have to maybe get over their biases and hopefully join because um, we're yeah. going to need big voices um, uh, mm-hmm. because um, <laughs> they're making a difference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, you guys have, I, you know, I've read some of your old articles, and you've been in this for a long, long time. <laughs> you yes. know, that yeah. consultatory organization, um, you know, they have articles about you and somebody else knowing about some of the stuff. And that, I think they were talking about CPS and not even guardianship at that point. But um, you've yeah. been doing this a long time, and I'm, I'm hoping that you will – if you can, if Black Lives Matter actually is, or Black Panthers actually is, I'm hoping that maybe you guys have been doing this for a long time will contact them. Um, yeah. I, I'm, we I'm could hoping do that. you guys, yeah, that's been mm-hmm. doing this for a while. Um, it was actually, um, okay. who's, the, who's the lady who uh, is on uh, TV with Michael Volp all the time? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the the PBG media, whatever it is. But anyways, um, and then some of the guys from North Carolina, but um, I'm just hoping maybe you guys, maybe you, maybe you guys will, you know, give them a little bit of steel because you've been doing this for quite a yeah. while. Um, yeah. That's all I can do is hope because uh, yeah. it's, it's going to take a massive, massive combined effort. Because I do think a lot of people do know about this. They're just frightened. They don't know what to do. And no one wants to throw well, the first punch. And the bullies well, are hoping we do not do that. And that's why they just yeah. keep doing it. They just keep doing it. Well, They're and that's the stop. thing. We, we have to, yeah, we and that's going to have to come through our, state legislators you can't expect the fed to do anything when they came out with those gao reports and then turned right around and flipped around and said the u.s government doesn't collect statistics on guardianships then how did you produce this gao report if you don't and uh well i was just supposed to ask that question um you know it just um there there is so much going on and um uh shelly i think if we can get you out of there 
Phil, we'll do whatever we can to help. Steve, whatever we can do. We can get you out of it. I think you'd make an excellent spokesperson for this about what can happen to people because that's one of the things that we are missing in all of this is the actual voice of somebody who's been subjected to it and how this just came out of nowhere. And um, I think that would make an excellent, excellent piece. Um, You've got Dan Garwood and Florida also and Doug Keegan and all the people need to be put together and and say, hey, we're alive and well. We don't need to be shut up. We don't need to take our houses. We want to live also. But you got all these kids also, and it's all the same house that's yes. taking them. It's all money. It's all it's all human yes. ownership. But, yes, um, it is. It, this the epitome of human it, trafficking, and people talk about it uh, just like it, it in, in Shelley's case. She was trafficked no different than a child who's been stolen from its family. There is no, money. No, There's a bounty on her head. She's worth money. Uh, it's where she's going to go is going to make money. What she left behind, they're going to make money. Uh, there, it's a money system. I had a friend point out to me that, just like with Shelley, one person in a community that falls victim to this can be worth more, just in the general community, can be worth more than a million dollars a year. In state funds, federal funds, doctors, hospitals, this, that, something else, nursing homes, guardians, attorneys, whole thing, they generate a million dollars worth of revenue. And I actually had out in D.C. at the summit here about three years ago, had a representative basically tell me that. He said, well, you know, he said, um, if we if we stop the system the way it is, he said, now think about this. What would the economic impact be on your local community? I said, I really don't give a rat's, excuse me, ass. And I said, I'm looking at somebody's life here. Does that matter to you? And I couldn't, he got red in the face and walked away. Apparently not. And, well, um, that's, but it, no, that's the thing. We the, the economic thing on this would get rid of a lot of stuff that we don't need. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. we don't need yes. those nursing homes to propagate their business because it's the few yes. CEOs that own all these companies and corporations anyways. Um, we, yes. we, yeah. So it's, it's, we don't need that kind of economic stuff because it's self-made businesses. Businesses just made off of people. Um, well, they, the they've, uh, is, they, they, they talk about how much it costs every year for like Medicare for the elderly, and oh, it's not fair that it costs so much money. And what are we going to do about it? But they admit that thirty to sixty billion a year is built out of Medicare by the medical industry. Why don't you start there? Well, you know? that's and, the other thing too is they're losing all this money. The Medicaid fraud yes. is and Medicare fraud is so bad, and all that yeah. money that's supposed to be going back to the government after someone dies. Well, these guardianship yeah. people learn how to get the money before they die. Otherwise, yeah, a lot of exactly. that money would be going back to the government. <laughs> and uh, yeah. even that is kind of nasty, but that's the normal. So a lot of people yeah. believe that when these shows come on, that when you talk about someone's stuff has been taken, they say, oh, well, that's because it's supposed to go back to the government. But they don't realize that money's not going back to the government. It's going back to the personal oh. pockets of the 
privateers. Yes. Um, yes. So that in the South doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, no. Uh, Holly, I got to get anyway, back to my guest here. Thank yeah, you I need very to get much. back, I guess. And, and thank you for calling in. And, thank uh, you. Okay. We'll keep going. And hopefully right. you can call those people. Yes. Yes. Please okay. do. I can try. <laughs> All right. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Good night. Yeah. Good night. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, anyway. Uh, I just don't know. Um, Phil, Steve, I'm going to ask you this. What kind of, if if we wrote a letter, a petition of sorts, um, and approached, uh, well, approaching the president is pointless, um, but maybe state legislators and demanded accountability, and if there was enough of us, do you think it would make a difference? I would go after the governor of Texas. He's okay. uh, he's looking he's looking for a lot of high profile issues, and uh, oh, okay. he's not, he's a kind of a maverick, and he's uh, looking to make a difference. And I think he okay. could uh, wrap his mind around this issue. And, okay. and I would go to the top, and Governor Abbott would be okay. my target. Well, I'll ask you if he wants to do an interview. And um, do you? Do you think Governor is aware of it going on in his state? He needs to know what HHSC is doing to his fellow Texans, and he's robbing them of their American dream. See, so our, I mean, I deal with Pennsylvania, and Governor Wolf, he knows exactly what's going on, and it doesn't care. So I didn't know if that Governor Texas, if he knows, if he's the same. I mean... I don't know. I would um, I would agree with that. Uh, the governor Abbott is, is a good approach. I had thought about it. It's on my it's on my list of things to do. And again, we could use help from other people. Uh, and and I know how to write petitions. But getting access to the governor, I'm not sure exactly how that's done. But I'm sure there are ways of, of getting. You have there. to go through. You have to go through. You have to go through the chief of staff. Um, mm-hmm. One of the mistakes people make when they approach like politicians or like the governor. They try to get right they through to them, or they'll talk to some low-level person. But you have to go to the chief of staff. That's who runs that office. That's who directs traffic and tells them what they need to know and withholds what they think is unimportant. But it's that person you have to get past. And um, so we find out like, who that is. Could we all do like a letter-writing campaign or a phone call campaign and call the office? And if they choose not to do anything, whoever runs against Governor Abbott, go to them like during election time and go, look what he doesn't care about. That'd be, I can tell you who that's going to be, Deidre Gilbertson. Uh, She runs National Medical Malpractice Association. She's running for governor in Texas. And uh, yeah, we're going to be promoting her. Yeah. And, um, but uh, I'll talk to Deidre about this, you know, and see what, what she would want to do. But I think we should also approach Abbott also because um, mm-hmm. he's there now. And, uh, yeah, he's he's not afraid to take on controversial issues like uh, immigration and uh, gun control, Second Amendment rights. He's coming yeah. down on the right side of some yeah. important national issues. 
Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the Republicans in, uh, in, in the federal level are doing it, too. Unfortunately, they've been in a little bit of trouble. Matt Gates had an uh, initiative mm-hmm. on guardianship fraud, uh, but now he's been lost from his uh, reputation. I think uh, Jordan was another one. So, um, you know, this is... This is something I've tried to tell people. They said that, you know, this thing is on Getz is from, what, uh, 12, 13 years ago? And my question is, if you knew about it then, why are you speaking up now? Why didn't you say something then? But this will tell you just how hot this topic actually is. He's pulled all kind of crap, and nobody said anything. (laughs) And he comes out, and he wants a hearing on this stuff. This is one of the biggest money makers in the country. He comes out, he wants a hearing on this over this Britney Spears thing and what's going on here, and boom. He he did something with an underage girl. Why are you telling me now? Why didn't you tell me back then? Yeah. Why didn't you do something back then? But they all do this. They all constantly are gathering dirt on each other. And after being in D.C., there's a lot of dirt. Um, they, the place is just absolutely the epitome of, of corruption, but they're constantly gathering and compromising each other and all this. And they sit on that stuff till an opportune moment like this one would get, and we'll drag this out and wave this around in front of everybody and see, it took all the fuel out of his fire. And he's probably done a lot worse than that. You just don't know about it yet. And um, yeah. but this is, you know, this is, uh, well, Kaj, you've been out there. What becomes very apparent out there in D.C. very quickly is it's a one-party system, and you wasn't invited. Yeah. Um, they, there is no party division in D.C. They're, they're all in it together. And, um, I thought the cafeteria all was such a, go ahead. such a town. So the cafeteria that's, you know, where they all go, you have to go through security to get through that Senate building where we had the whistleblower summit, and we'd go down there for lunch. Well, this is where all the politicians are going down for lunch. The food was really good, and it was really cheap. Yeah. I was like, well, this is interesting. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was nice for us for that day, but you know what? Who's down here eating all the time? All the politicians. Yeah. Yep. I thought that was really interesting. It's just, but it's it, it was a being in D.C. was a, a lesson to be learned, and but even dealing on the state level, uh, I don't know what happens. You failed, Steve. What your your exchanges have been on that level, but these people, honest to God, think that they're royalty or something. They get voted in, and they're absolutely there's such a massive personality change, and or maybe the real personality comes out. I don't know, yeah. but um, I'm always struck by that. Well, we mainly what I've run into is, uh, yeah, mainly what I've run into is, uh, you know, talking to somebody in an office and said, okay, I'll talk to the senator, and then you just never hear hear anything after that. Yeah, even right. if it's uh, an important person in the office, the chief of staff, so they. It seems like you know there's an access issue here that uh, that I haven't quite quite learned. Um, there's also this whole thing. Uh, there are some publications. There there's uh, newspapers and uh, there's the Southeast Texas Record, which was covering Shelley's case, but it sort of seems to have stopped. And we're hoping that 
shows like this and the Zoom meeting and the hearing can get some attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already got, just in the last uh, you know few hours, we've got um, somebody writing an article for uh, a media publication about about this, this, this uh, meeting that's coming up. So um, we really appreciate what you're doing, Marty, and, and you know, shining a light on this, and I think that's going to help a lot. Well, we've we've got to come up with something. Um, that's that's another thing. Give me, if you would, the names of newspapers in the area, because mm-hmm. uh, I'll approach it and ask them about why they haven't covered this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is happening all over the state, and it isn't happening just to one or two people. This is a epidemic, and mm-hmm. um, see if we can't drive something that way. And I'll even call some radio stations down there too. And just tell them, you know, talk radio and say you need to have, because this concerns you people and that this could happen to you. And that we can maybe get Shelly on some stations right there in Texas. And, uh, <laughs> but this is just, uh, I don't, I don't know. We've got to, we've got to do something. And, and publicity is the biggest part of it. You keep mm-hmm. this out there, keep it in, keep Shelly out there, um, in people's faces. Um, don't let them forget. I I just I always like doing follow up stories. You know um, what happened to this person? What happened to that person? And too many times the follow up story isn't good. And um, but you know we keep battling away. Um, I've got a message here from someone who's listening, talking about different things and how pushing your way in, that'll get you absolutely nowhere fast. Um, you cannot insert yourself into things uh, that it doesn't work. But you have to, we've got to come up with a way to make them want to come to us. And um, yeah. and then once they're on our turf, <laughs> now it's a whole nother ball game. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. What Anybody about- else have anything they want to? Go ahead. I'm wondering about the ABC Action I team. They did a really nice job in Florida, and they did a really nice job in Nevada. And those are the two areas where we have April Parks and Rebecca Furley who were convicted. Yeah. They were convicted of their felonies, and it was the ABC Action. The, it was like the ABC I Action team. If there's something like that in Texas, because they seem yeah. to do the stories in Vegas, and they did the stories in Florida, and they got. They got results. You know what? Maybe if we go to Adam Walzer with Florida I-Team, if we go to Adam yeah. Walzer and ask him if he can mm-hmm. give us the name of someone we could contact there, yeah. that might, you know, could he make an yeah. introduction, you know? He would be mm-hmm. really good. Try that. And the other thing, yeah. uh, Marty, that I have to warn, you know, thinking about that, that message that you got, now get your new sound effect ready um you don't oh, you have to be careful wait. how you push okay you, I was gonna, <laughs> I'll, I'll do my intro you have to be careful how you push yourself into a situation and be careful who you are lining up with and allowing to represent you pushing into the situation where you're right Marty. you want to get them get them yes that is what you want to avoid <laughs> Yes, Gloria. Gloria. <laughs> I, I just thought that was just a really good lead into our new sound effect, and and it is true, like those kind of people, and you have to do be careful about pushing our way in because there are some people 
who push their way in because they want to put the focus on themselves and really don't care about who they're trying to help. And so right. that person who comes right. into you, I, I feel like that's what they were trying to say. Yeah. Okay, um, Steve, Phil, Shelley, anybody? We've got a few minutes left here. You got any last words, anything you want to throw in here? Well, I just want to say, you know, just kind of give you a little bit of a insight on what life is like in, in Shelley's world, and I know a little bit about it because I get emails from her uh, daily. And uh, she's very good at advocating for herself. And there's always something going on at the facility, and she's very aggressive at writing about it and complaining about it. Uh, she's complaining to people who are basically ignoring it. So I think, you know, I think what I'm learning from this show is maybe we can uh, add some people to that mailing list, maybe some people in the media and, and elsewhere, some other advocates mm-hmm. that would be very, very helpful. So. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Phil, you got anything? Yeah, I've been sharing uh, some of the emails about this program and about Shelley's uh, legal actions to regain her capacity with some of the lawyers that are involved defending Netflix and some of the other defendants on this lawsuit by Tanya Barina. And I'm hoping maybe, uh-huh. you know, if I can get their attention, they might have some good ideas yeah. too. There you go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because this latest well, I think we're anti-slap motion that I've filed where the state of Texas is trying to take the last bit of Shelly's money, pay her funeral. Yeah. It's so ironic. Oh just slap in the face. Yeah, isn't that? And, that uh, yeah. That's almost, yeah. That's, that's got to grab people's attention. She needs her money to get yeah. out of this guardianship so she can get on with her life and they want to bury her. Yes. They want to bury her. To me, that's so cold-blooded, I can't even, I just can't even fathom it. But, um, well, I plan to be a very aggressive ghost. There you go. <laughs> you go ahead on, Jelly. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, listen, we're kind of down at the end here. I do have a few minutes left, but I think we've said all we've got to say. And um, let's kind of stay in touch here and see what we can hatch up for ideas. Shelly, if you come up with anything, let me know. Any of you, um, if you need me to do anything, let me know. Um, if I can do it, I will. So well, that's thank what you for people need about on the program most. tonight. That's good. Well, we have a packed house, so... A lot of people heard this, and uh, for links to the Zoom court hearing on the 3rd, um, links to sh- uh, websites or Facebook pages for Shelley and uh, the GoFundMe page is all on um, the the promo for the show tonight. If you're over on the PPJ, uh, the promo that's up there has the links all in it, too. They're all live. Take you right direct, directly to the page, and so please take a if minute, and if you can help out you know, five, ten bucks, twenty, please do it. And um we'll go from there. And so and Marty, anyway, what, what is uh, what is the website? What is the URL for your website that they, people can get that information? Oh, it's uh, PPJG pop pop jump go dot me. We'll take you right to it. Do you have my email address on your web page? Uh I believe so. Yes. 
I hope you do. I'd like yes. people to have it so they yes. can communicate with me. I could do email. That's yes. easy. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's up there. All right. Anybody else? Anything else? You know, I'm just thinking about the caller that called in. I just want to thank all the nursing assistants out there that just care. You can tell that she cared as a family when my loved one was in assisted livings and hospice and things like that. I just really appreciate how how much they do for others and the fact that she called in didn't give her name or anything, you know, and obviously she has to protect herself, but she called in because she cares enough about what she's seen and yeah. that she did receive it. I just want people to know there's so many wonderful people like her that are out there working in these facilities and they are being gagged and, and not being allowed yes. to come forward. But they have so much knowledge in their head and they see so much of what's going on and they are just really doing some amazing work out there. There's so I just like hats yep. off to her that she called in and, and the, yep. so many of the nursing aides that are like her. I've been very yep. blessed by many of them through my ordeals. They're very special okay. people to me to this day. Okay. All and right. I just well, want to say that there's another, uh, there's another uh, Facebook there's uh, page, I guess. It's called Elders Against Guardianship. And uh, people are very active in posting there. There's a lot of people who go there. And whenever something happens, uh, I post there as well. So that's another another resource. Yeah, I, I, I'm an admin on that page. <laughs> oh great! <laughs> I haven't, yeah, I haven't been. I haven't been on there. I got hacked really bad, and they took down my Facebook page. They shut down my radio show. <laughs> they defaced my website. I had to get WordPress help me clean that up. Um, they canceled my shows. I had to reestablish all of that. Um, I've got three pages up now. <laughs> So come and get me, because I'll just keep putting new pages up. That's all there is to it. And uh, I can do this all day. Got nothing else to do. And <laughs> But anyway. It's like that game, the whack-a-mole oh. game, where you you hit them on the head, and then they come yes. up in another spot. Yes, yes. And uh, <laughs> I love a good challenge. So there you are. I want to thank everybody who came on tonight. Shelly, most of all, you for being with us. Yeah. Phil and Steve, this has been a oof. God, this is tough. Um, mm-hmm. And thanks, everybody, that tuned in. I, I truly appreciate seeing so many of you here uh, to listen to this. And like I say, if you can get over there and help on that GoFundMe page, you can afford five, ten dollars $10. Don't tell me you can't. Yes, you can. And um, uh, help out here with some expenses and hopefully, hopefully uh, get Shelly, help to get Shelly out of there. Um, I want to remind everyone these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit, which we have a panel there again this year. I guess we're a permanent part of the summit now. And that'll be through Zoom um, July 29th through 31st. So I don't know what day we're going to be on just yet. They haven't handed out the schedule, so I don't know. But we'll be on there again this year. And we're bringing people from other places with us. So... um, yeah, so anyway, we'll let everybody know when that's up and running. Again, thank you, everyone. This is this has been a show. And Shelly, don't think we forgot you, because if we have to, we'll come back and do this every day. And uh, that's just the way that is. That's just the kind of girls we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Thank you for your help. I appreciate it. You. 
Well, anything we can do, Shelly, if there's anything, you let us know. If we can do it, we will. All right. Thanks again, everyone. We will be back Sunday night. Tanya should be back from her hiatus. And I don't know what she's going to do, but something. Anyway, we'll talk to you all then. Everybody, thank you, and good night. Good night. Good night.